Making it in business isn't about spreadsheets, this or that. It's about guts, tenacity, and above all, street smarts. Join Sarah Shaw as she talks with successful entrepreneurs about all the hard-won lessons they've learned on the mean streets of the business world. If you've ever felt stuck, stifled, or even just scared to get out there and make your mark, you'll learn how even the most successful entrepreneurs overcame failure and found the power to move forward. So forget about learning about business in school, because all you need to make it big is a street smart MBA. And here's your host, Sarah Shaw. Hey there, it's Sarah Shaw here with another episode of Get a Street Smart MBA. And I am here today with Sarah Bushko, who has a company called Earth to Face. And Sarah was raised around healing and gardening from day one. She grew up on, uh, on a family's farm, and they grew most of their food organically on a whole acre that was ultimately Sarah's playground, her constant inspiration, and one of her greatest teachers. Meanwhile, Sarah's extremely sensitive skin prompted her mother to search out the purest, gentlest, non-toxic skincare alternatives. Prompted by all these experiences, Sarah studied indigenous medicine at the University of California at Santa Cruz and worked while, while in school. She worked at a medicine store called the Herb Room, where she learned about Western, Chinese, and Ayurvedic healing and herbs. Back in 2002, she traveled to southern Mexico for a field study program, gaining invaluable hands-on experience alongside a native Mayan healer and indigenous doctors. Sarah went on to receive clinical herbalist certification at the Ohlone Herbal Center in Berkeley. So using her exceptional knowledge of the properties and characteristics of plants, she began creating her own formulas, of course, eventually establishing natural intrinsic healing skincare line called Earth to Face. So, Sarah, welcome. So glad you're here with me today. Thank you. Me too. Hi, Sarah. Hey. <laughs> and we have the same awesome name. So I, um, so I wanted to kind of dive in and get started with, you know, I mean, obviously you grew up with, you know, with sensitive skin and your mom was, you know, kind of looking into all these things to, you know, make you more comfortable as a kid. Um, but how, you know, how did you even, like, even with all the school training you had, like, how did you get into creating a skincare line? I mean, so many people talk about, I started it in my kitchen, you know, cooking up formulas on the stove or in the sink or, you know, how did you get going and what was sort of your process of how you created the beginnings of your products? I mean, and was it just for you or was it, you know, did you actually think you were going to create a line when you started that? Yeah, no. I never, ever thought I was going to create a line. Um, I was always health-focused in my work and in my passion and what I like to study, but um, it was a happy accident, and I always have joked that if I had seen the preview, I'm not sure that I would have gone to the movie, but I'm glad that I didn't see the preview um, because I love living it. I love what it's become, but that never crossed my mind, not even in the slightest. I, um, I love making things. It's like a form of creativity for me, and so a combination of a lot of study in holistic medicine and a passion for it. And I should add that I also love Western or allopathic or conventional medicine. I wanted to be a nurse practitioner and combine both. I'm a clinical herbalist. And just through the years of study and the different things that happened, such as taking on a large garden space, a third of an acre, and then even larger after that to grow medicinal plants for my practice and using that garden as well as the kitchen to make products 
from the ingredients naturally. That's what prompted, I feel like, pushed the product to a whole new level. Because before that, I had used really simple things like coconut oil and essential oils or olive oil and essential oils for my own self-care because that was the only thing that I wouldn't react to. Or even when I was younger, still in grammar school or high school, I would just use straight olive oil or coconut oil because it was around, it was in the kitchen, and it wouldn't give me eczema. So um, (laughs) everyone else. Yeah, I was born in 1980, so everyone was using, when I was younger, you know, it was the whole craze of, um, you know, the vanilla pear and the country apple things, and they would all just really um, make my skin react. Yeah, I bet. Um, so to tell us, what, is, what actually is a clinical herbalist degree? Like, what is that? you know, your certification, like what, what is that? Yeah. What, is, what did that teach you and how, you know, what do you do with that? So I went to a school in Berkeley um, called the Ohlone Herbal Center. It was a three-year program. There are various programs in the country, and I liked Ohlone because, well, A, I'm a Bay Area native and I was living here locally. Um, and also there's a year of clinicals, meaning they have a a semi-free clinic that people can come in from the community with whatever conditions, and um, you can actually work with people, and you're supervised in doing that. So after two years of study, you get to actually work with people with supervision, and that to me was really wonderful. So, um, and I like Western herbalism for me because I wanted to know the plants that grow around me so that I can track plant populations and not I, – I love, um, you know, Eastern medicine too, and I thought about becoming an acupuncturist, but I was less keen on the idea of things all are being shipped to me across the world, mm. and I kind of wanted to be able to watch plant populations, not over-harvest different things. Just I also believe that – eating and using what's around you is a big part of health and healing because they grow in the same environment that you're surviving in and in the same season and all of that. So, Oh, yeah. I really like that thought. I mean, it also has, I mean, it kind of goes back to as well, you know, keeping a smaller footprint, right, for what you're eating and using in your life as well. Definitely. It's a win-win. It's like a positive-positive, yeah. which right. those are the kind of solutions I feel like nature always embraces and that's um the biggest inspiration for for me and for i think the business and those are what we constantly look for i love that so so do you guys um do you guys use essential oils in your skincare line oh yeah so yeah and oils and are those do you buy those or do you guys actually make them yourself with your with all the herbs that no, you grow so in your garden. No, so in order to make essential oils, you need like hundreds of acres for for the amount that we use. Um, so that's not realistic. Our gardens have turned into growing only three plants at the moment. So we grow organically roses, calendula, and lavender, and we actually use the the flower petals and the tops the blooms and we hand pick them dry them and powder them and put them into both of our face masks and then we use other plants for more seasonal things because we have a shop in Oakland and we always come out with seasonal limited edition products Um, but so essential oils um, I'm lucky enough to say that I studied them in my 
early 20s. I love them. Pretty obsessed, actually. They're magical. They're really, really strong. They take study, so you always have to dilute them. Um, but they're magic. I, I mean, I could talk for so long on them. They are different <laughs> density than oil or water. Um, so, and aromatherapy is obviously the use of essential oils, but it's a misnomer because it's just our nose picks up on the smell quickly, but mm -hmm. they actually enter into our bodies because the particles are so small via the air, you know, breathing them in, via putting them on your skin, via, you know, using them in the shower. Um, so, like I said, the particles are so small, they have a different density than oil and water, but they can be carried in oil and alcohol. In water, they kind of usually don't mix, but you could still, you know, like hydrosols are an part of the essential oil process, like rose water, different things, you can still get the benefits from using them in spray form. But they actually go into our bodies and can affect change. Like they can actually um, change our hormone levels. So like lavender, everyone's probably familiar with lavender. It's actually a sedative. It's calming. It's anti-anxiety. And that's, it's real. What it does to your body is it can help enact physical changes. They're really magical and they need to be used with care too. I can imagine. <laughs> you don't want to over-essential oil yourself. Um, right, right. That I know, so and they true. do smell so delicious. Um, well, so, so when you guys were getting, when you were getting started with all of this, how did um, you guys figure out, like, what your secret sauce was going to be? I mean, because obviously the skincare market and essential oil market is pretty saturated. And, you know, I love how you were saying that you guys grow – you know, only three limited plants right now, right? And, and that you, you know, that you use those to make specific products, you know, and I'm assuming that it's obviously seasonal. Those are your seasonal items because even in California, roses don't grow all year long unless they're it's in a greenhouse. Um, yeah. and well, you know, <laughs> so. what's weird about that, like I was just commenting the other day, we have about 70 different rose bushes and some of them are really most all of them are really old and beautiful in heritage and they're all organic and they all have if you can imagine different smells like each rose mm -hmm. smells like a rose but they all smell different and there's even a few roses growing in blooming in um with the winter nothing is like the spring and summer huge amount but we actually grow enough of those plants to have our masks be available right now in our full line year-round, but the seasonal products, wow. you're right, they're absolutely seasonal. So, yeah. Well, and that makes them special, right? I mean, it's a, yeah. it's, it, it makes it, it kind of makes it coveted and limited edition. True. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, well, so how'd you guys, how'd you guys differentiate yourself from, you know, all the other noise that's out there? I think just people can feel when something's authentic. You know, um, we, it wasn't like we sat down and was like, this should be our image and this should be, we just were doing it and do do it from a place of passion. I mean, this is real. We care. Like we created for our skin stick a compostable tube that we sat around and talked about for so long, um, how are we going to do this? We don't want to create more plastic that's just going to be in the ocean forever. Like we're not going to put that out into the world. And we just kept coming back to 
food packaging, which can be really brilliant and also problematic these days. You know, we don't like single-use plastic and different things. Like, we're for people and we're for the planet. Like, we believe mm-hmm. that everyone is going to be an environmentalist soon if they're not already because that's the most important thing is, like, collaborating to have a beautiful, inhabitable earth for us and our future generations. Um, so, you know, we, I kept thinking about Flintstone ice cream push-up pops. Like, I know that's wild, but I just kept thinking some package like that where you could make something like a, like a traditional chapstick or whatever, um, but in a compostable container that could have zero waste. Um, mm-hmm. So all of our line is housed in glass, except for when we can use compostable materials. And we can't get away from plastic in terms of lids and pumps because it just doesn't exist yet. Right, um, right. But we were really for the planet. And I think when you, have, when you come from an authentic place, it resonates with people. Even when there are businesses that sort of look at what you're doing, take that model on and kind of try and copy the vibe or the movement or whatever, um, if you're really coming from that place, you're, it's like an art that people can feel it, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's my only explanation because I guess you could say we've had a lot of lucky things that have happened, but if, if the products didn't have some amount of magic and care and really splitting hairs over being lean, mean, green and having them work, um, right. I don't think people would love them so much. So, right. So we'll talk about some of these big lucky opportunities you had since you mentioned it. Um, so, and I also, I mean, truly, maybe this is a little too, like, woo-woo for people, but I truly believe that it, if you surrender something to the universe or the planet, to the greater good, then the doors open because it does, it's not coming from your own personal ego. Um, I agree. And then in in doing that, you have to accept the serious challenges that come along with having any business or really any part, everyone has challenges in life. But um, when you raise the stakes, the ups and downs get bigger, in my opinion. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So, which I think is fun on most days. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I, when we first we're launching on a bigger scale, right? So we started in 2009, but it was much more tied to my practice as an herbalist and becoming a nurse practitioner, which I never actually did because the business took off, but I was on that road. Um, And people thought I was crazy not to keep going on it. And and I was like, no, I'm going to see, I'm going to ride this out. I'm going to ride this wave and Mm -hmm. see where it goes. Um, So we took, we everything was handmade and our line was under a different name and a very granola looking packaging in 2000 end of 2009 all of 2010 and part of 2011 and then we took a lot of 2011 to step back rebrand and figure out hey if this does have the momentum that we're kind of like feeling like it does we need to just be super conscientious about every single detail pricing not using endangered plants making sure plant populations for the essential oils and everything won't decimate a certain thing. I mean, we are 100% palm-free. We've been that way from the beginning, non-GMO, organic. We use every single thing we can organically. There's a couple exceptions, things that we know are not sprayed. Um, We don't 
we don't certify organic because we want to be able to work with small farmers, and the lo- often small farmers can't pay for the certification every year to uh, certify their ingredients. So you're pushed right. into supporting only really big scale farming, which is not always as sustainable as the small ones. Um, so there's just so much that went into every decision, and that was in 2011. And then in 2012, before we even launched a um, place called the Surf Lodge in Montauk uh, Hotel, asked us to make products for them for the summer. They use a different company every year. They're kind of a really cool, hip place. And so we did. We made it uh, everything by hand and um, sent it out to them. And so before we even launched, while we were finishing our new website and different things, People were staying there, and some people that stay there happened to be a couple editors, like an editor from W Magazine, and all of a sudden a piece came out on W.com about the line before we launched, and <laughs> that, helped, that helped us launch, right? So yeah. then when we did launch and we sent invitations out, we actually did get more um, of a turnout than we would if we had, say, had a PR, a serious PR team or um, – you know, we had a friend that helped somewhat in creating, you know, doing the invites and use some in that she had, but in terms of like direct connections. And so um, then we had a pretty good turnout for our launch in New York, and I think it just helps from there. Like it kind of spreads a little bit like um, wildfire in that sense. And and did you find that the PR that you guys have you know, gotten over the years has really helped to drive sales? Oh, definitely. And what's what's so interesting, I think PR and social media, to me, that was really, um, the social media was really surprising. I think Instagram has been tremendous as well. Um, and other social media platforms too, Pinterest, Twitter, Facebook, um, yeah. But, and we have had PR help throughout the years. I mean, we've had patches without PR, but we've been with um, a great dynamic duo of women who we love for a couple years now, solid. And it's really, it's really a helpful thing because I always just looked at it like we had a message, like the skincare is a vehicle to get the message out. Like we're trying to better the planet and we think that if everyone you know gets into business and gets into every aspect of how we do things then it doesn't have we don't have to have an economy run by giant corporations you know then every mm-hmm. act that you do can be conscious like supporting a small business in some ways is a loving act of rebellion and especially if small businesses give back to the planet and to the population and that's how we can change our economy and the earth so working with a PR team and getting to talk to say editors directly to me always seemed like a megaphone to the population about getting a message out and um, yeah so again we just viewed the skincare as one vehicle and there's a million possible vehicles to do that and this is the one that I'm lucky enough to be doing right now. Yeah, <laughs> and it's uh, and it seems like such a cool. I mean, your whole concept um, and your the whole essence of your brand is so cohesive, and I I love how you guys have put it 
all together, you know, and that each angle essentially feeds the next one. You know, it's not mm-hmm. like there's separate parts, really. I mean, there is, but that they're all part of the same wheel. Um, they're all spokes in the same wheel, you know, for metaphor's sake. Um, and so, so with the, with, you know, with all the media attention that you guys are getting, um, I'm assuming that that's probably also brought a lot of stores to, yeah, know, it does attention. bring stores. It brings stores. It brings um, it brings more media attention. So the, um, right. we never actually approach a single store because I've had now. I, I just feel that when when you do approach stores, they they get approached so much that it just it's hard for them. You know, people, um, people approach with services all the time once you have a company on any scale. And um, I try to weed through those because sometimes you really do get a great lead, but it's really one out of 100 maybe. And that's just, you know, spam emails or whatever. And we also have a store, like I mentioned, so we're also, um, we also get people that come in with different kinds of wares. And it's hard because it takes a lot of time. And so I mm-hmm. feel like when, when stores, stores are much more enthusiastic to carry a product, in my experience, when they find it on their own. Um, we don't have a sales team. We did have one for a little while. They were super, super busy. They were also amazing. We would love to have another sales team. Um, that's kind of a hole in the green beauty um, machine right now. I don't think because green beauty is on the rise so fast, there aren't enough people in sales in green beauty that, you know, have the right mix of understanding and chemistry and connecting with stores. We would love to find that because right now we do our sales in-house and it's, it's good, but I think we could be growing more readily if, um, if we were working with a team that had a lot of time. Um, right. But Who's dedicated do, to that. Yeah. Exactly. And we do, I mean, what's wonderful about being a maker on this level is you do partner with other like-minded companies and brands and help each other out. And that kind of sense of community is invaluable. Um, right. And I will say that right now we're starting um, a new campaign. We always give back uh, around the holidays. So people who buy from us directly, we give a portion of our sales to different organizations this year it's Greenpeace in general but now we're rolling out a campaign that really I think speaks to who we are on a deeper level where we're pairing each product with an organization so um, our face wash is going to be paired with Planned Parenthood our skin stick is going to be paired with a climate change organization and from now on when people buy those products not only are they supporting a small women-owned minority and women only employed business right. that makes everything in the U.S., um, but we're also going to um, donate a portion of the sales to a specific organization. And, um, you know, it's a lot for us because it's really expensive to make things here, but we just believe in supporting our own economy, and we're trying to do the most good that we possibly can. Um, and I think the other challenge that's interesting is that when you – have a company in an industry and you people perceive you to be maybe as big or as uh, I don't know what the words are fruitful as like a huge company right we're not mm-hmm. a company like a drugstore company right um, we're not oil of a layer 
anything close to that. But people still ask for free products and donations and this every single day. And, sure. Uh, and that's understandable, but I think it's a really great you know, education for people, which is we're trying to do make the right choice all the way up from every hand that touches the product to how the ingredients are grown to the package, the whole life cycle of the product, what happens to the packages when you're done, what happens to the product when it goes down the drain or into your body. And that mm-hmm. means that we have less um, room. We have way less wiggle room in terms right. of giving stuff away for free. And then we want to directly support things that we believe in that we, we want to bring attention to things that we believe in to make our world, again, m- more inhabitable, more harmonious mm-hmm. in the future. So that's our newer campaign. So look out for that. It's going to be rolling out in the next couple weeks, and we're really excited about it because we just want to empower people to have options to make really good choices that make them feel good and not yeah. feel overwhelmed because there's so much in the world that's going on right now. We just had the election. Yeah. Um, you know, spirits are not exactly high across the country, and we don't want people to feel overwhelmed and feel like, oh, God, I, I'm just, I can't do anything. There's so many right. things that are happening in the world. I just can't. Like, I forget it. Like, I just I'm going to go eat non-organic, and I'm going to go, like, buy something yeah. because I know they're supporting, like, child labor and whatever. We want yeah. people to be like, okay, well, actually – if I'm going to buy face wash anyway, if I'm going to buy a healing salve or a face moisturizer or a body lotion or whatever, I can buy something that I love that works, that uplifts my body, that's healthy for me because essential oils boost your immune system, make me feel good, and is supporting like non-corporate culture and the planet and also an organization that I really want to donate to. Perfect. Win-win. Right. Perfect. Exactly. Right. Sign me up. Yeah. Yeah. And I th- yeah. and I think too, you brought up a good point. You know, in in hindsight of the, you know, with the election behind us and the current state of um, you know, kind of American public, it seems like that to really push right now. And I've been doing this in my own business as well, and just in my own mind and my own life, is that you're the only one who has control of yourself. Right, and that yep. you can choose, like you're saying, to make good choices or bad choices, and it's just even those little baby steps every day that towards yep. whatever your goal is that can help you get there, you know. And if it's buying a product from you because you're going to donate, you know, you have to buy the face cream anyway, right? And you're, we know you're going to donate a portion of the pro- proceeds to whichever charity it's linked to. That that's a way for you to donate even if you don't have the money to donate. The people, you still have to buy face cream. <laughs> so, exactly. You know, and right. you're, like, you're supporting a product that's made in California that's a female and minority-run business that everything's a win-win. That's going to be really right. good for you and good for the planet. So every single thing is win-win about it. We can create a future that we all want to live in if we just do that every day. We don't have to all, you know, drop everything about our lives um, because that's not realistic, but we need to start living the life that we want that's a a little bit more autonomous from like the way that it's been done in corporate America to go back to small businesses because you make your choices with your money and with what you support and what you look at too. Like um, anyway, yeah, I would say that (laughs) – that is important too. And, and yeah. exactly, we're in control of ourselves and we, no one can control who we are, 
our capacity to love, all of that, and our capacity to connect to the earth and to each other. Exactly, and to our own bodies. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I know that earlier this year you guys kind of knocked yourself off and brought and launched a new line called Cosmos. And so yes. I just want to have you talk about that a little bit and kind of what, you know, what got you guys to do that. Because I, I talk about that a lot with my clients, you know, and, and people who, who've listened to me speak in various places over the years, and that you always want to be the one to knock yourself off first, right? Not somebody <laughs> else. And, I don't think we were, but yeah. yeah. Um, and, and that, well, because it'll be like the true essence of your brand if you knock yourself off first. But, but that that can also, and I don't know if this is kind of how you guys are thinking about it, but, you know, in general terms, you know, like when you knock yourself off and have a lower price line, it gives you the opportunity. Like if you wanted to take, you know, organic skincare line to, let's say, QVC or something like that, right? Your, your earth to face might be too expensive, but you could create something with your Cosmos line, you know, to take into a bigger box store or, you know, television show like QVC or something like that, um, and that it gives you the opportunity to meet people on their financial level, right, that's different than exactly. your price line. That's exactly why we did it. Um, so we wanted there to be an option for all, all people of all different financial places on the spectrum and the reality is is that earth to face as it is because of everything we've discussed is actually pretty much as low as we can get the price um but we took some of the best selling items from the line and just decided to take the leap because we were approached by a big box store and there was no way we could fit earth to face in that box no pun intended yeah um, and so we decided, we always had wanted to do that, to have it be even more accessible because there should be a really good choice you could make in every marketplace. Um, and we didn't mean for Earth to Face to fall into the niche sort of luxury niche, but not, I mean, there's, let's get real, there's things that are three times, four times, five times the price of Earth to Face of that course. probably don't even have as good of ingredients or practices, but we basically made Earth to Face as low as we could go already because um, we're a wholesaler. And um, so then we wanted to do Cosmos for so many reasons. So we were approached by the big box store and we wanted to do it. So we took um, kind of the core products that are best selling and that we believe in, although we would like to add to that line. And we chose Cosmos because it's the root of cosmetics and in ancient Greek they thought that the cosmos was the most beautiful and orderly thing that they knew of, the night sky, you know, gorgeous stars. Yep. So to make yourself more beautiful, to beautify would be to make yourself more orderly, to be more like the cosmos. That's the root of cosmetics. Um, so that's where the name came from, and it's also a double meaning because Earth to Face is a lot about, you know, from growing it, onto your skin, you know, earth to face, soil to skin, whatever you want to say, farm to table. And it's also that we all have the earth to face in our decision. So right. cosmos is bigger, so we wanted to go bigger. Like around the earth is the cosmos. So at any rate, um, we're really excited to do that. And we launched in Urban Outfitters this past September, so wow. the end of September, yeah, and um, 
and now other stores can carry it too. And it's a face wash, a something like our skin stick, a healing salve and a compostable tube, a beautiful um, lavender and rose toner, which can also be a makeup setter, a pillow spray, and a lovely skin serum moisturizer, so a face oil that's a serum. And we focused on plants that are grow in big numbers, so the essential oil is like available, and also mm-hmm. are really universal in healing, like chamomile and lavender, pomerosa, a little bit of rose. Um, but also not the highest price point, most exotic plants. We use a lot of those high price point ones in Earth to Face, like vanilla and jasmine and, again, rose and immortel. We can't transfer all of those because it wouldn't fit the price point, and we made it in bigger quantities. So that's how we did it. We're really excited about it. We really want people, again, to have the option to get something that's super healing for themselves and their family and does no harm to the earth you know yeah <laughs> I love that do you guys do uh, I know that um, like Mac I think it was Mac cosmetics year years ago did a thing like where if you bring your lipstick tube back or something like that you got 10% off your next you know your next lipstick or something do you guys do yeah. like a recycling program in your store or anything like that you know if thought about people something? want to send back their packages we absolutely do give a discount and we have done that and we will always do that um, We don't have a facility where we can sterilize as of yet, so we use it, we use the bottles internally. Um, But what we hope is for people to, we try to pick containers, especially um, our different beautiful, you know, jar containers that people could reuse around their house for food. And all of our labels peel off easily and are recyclable, so they don't leave, like, goop behind we mess yeah <laughs> yeah right that you then have to use like something to get off yeah <laughs> yeah and again you can compost all of our our healing salves are in compostable packages and they'll compost completely within six months so mm-hmm. um that's we hope that people reuse before recycling but glass is one of the best things to recycle because um it's readily recycled basically right problematic yeah um yes it is (laughs) um so how do you guys want to ask you a couple more questions and i'll let you roll how many new products do you guys add each year i mean do you guys try to roll out you know i know you have your sort of cyclical seasonal things that you you know put out based on what's available in your garden um but in general, are you guys trying to grow the le- the line, or do you are you kind of just sustaining right now with, especially with the launch of Cosmos and everything? Right, that's a good question. And I will just add to your previous previous question that we it's always been a dream to find a way to accept back all of the containers and reuse them. You know, it, that's been a dream since day one, and we are open to collaborators, and we're open to um, so just putting it out there to anyone who might be listening if you know. Um, a way of how we would love it. We That is a major, it's on our best possible scenario dream board for sure. So, and then to your growing the line question, we so we do tend to put out a product or two or three every year. So this year was big with putting out 
the four Cosmos products. And again, we already have two more Cosmos products that we want to roll out. I'm not sure when we will. I, I'm thinking that next year we're going to be focusing on this giving back campaign a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's always things in the pipeline, so many, so many products in the pipeline we want to do. Um, you know, we want to do a mom and baby special line. We want to do a kid's line. We want to do men's. We want to do color in some ways. Um, and there's products we want to add to both lines, Earth to Face and Cosmos, and they're all one big family. And we, so I would say we have to temper our desire to keep creating with, you know, just sustaining what we do have because making each thing is a lot and it's fun. Um, but yeah, yeah. Does that answer your question? So yeah. it averages oh, about totally. two to three products per year. Yeah. And we try to, I mean, I try to follow the water. So see where the water is going. Like maybe we, if it had been totally from the place of the ego, I would have thought, oh, let's make a mom and baby line or a men's line first or a beard oil or whatever. But instead, just because a big box store, actually a couple big boxes store came and expressed interest and we didn't have the ability to work with them, that seems like the way the water was going. Okay, let's make sure so that we can work with them. Um, you know, just being open and dynamic in that sense. I don't have a business degree, so everything I've learned has been um, on the ground and a little bit rough and tumble at times. But I also think it's good because it's kept my mind open and because I want to cultivate a different business model that's fair to every single person that we work with and to us, you know, and to the planet. So, yeah, that in that way I think gives a clean slate. Yeah, and that's why I wanted. That's one of the reasons I I don't really talk to anybody who has business degree on my podcast. <laughs> so I like I like when people have learned on the mean streets, right? And uh, you know, it's like the title, right? Get a street smart MBA, and because that's how I feel like you know I don't have a business degree either, and everything I learned yeah. is hands on and do it wrong, do it right, you know, learn what you can, you know, make mistakes, get up, scrape off your knees, and keep going, right? And I, I oh love my what God, you were so saying. Many mistakes. Yeah, <laughs> um, so and and you learn from all of them, right? I mean, they're they're valuable learning tools that you might not even be where you are now, probably if exactly. you didn't make those mistakes. They you are, know? and regret um, is pointless. You know, right? Um, learning from your mistakes is the best, and and it it's always it's always going to be okay and fine. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the other thing that, you know, you were saying that, you know, you kind of had to follow the waters is, you know, is basically, right, you're, you're just being an entrepreneur <laughs> and knowing that you have to be able to jump ship, right, when it's sinking and get on mm-hmm. the ship when it's, you know, going full force, right, and, and know when to, you know, when to turn a blind eye, right, and when to embrace whatever's in front of you because e- each of those opportunities, you know, could could be your next big cash cow, right? And something, you know, even though you weren't really necessarily looking for something, it could land in your lap and it could be a huge windfall for you and really propel your business in a direction that you weren't even thinking about or hadn't even thought of yet, right? Um, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like you exactly. could end up on, you can end up on the cover of Entrepreneur Magazine, which you're like, why would I, you know, 
how'd that happen, right? You know, or something like mm-hmm. that where, and then, then it, that would bring a whole different flock of stores to you and customers and different magazines and news channels and all those kinds of things, you know, for the, for the different, especially like for your rollout next year with the different charities and stuff like that. It's, you know, those are kind of a lot of business stories and, you know, things that you, you know, I think when you're in kind of the bath, body care, fashion, girly, you know, environment that you, one doesn't often think of themselves as a business person, you know, and, but that things happen in your business that can turn you into, you know, a revered businesswoman, right? And all of a sudden you're like, wow, I was just mixing up, you know, essential oils and creams and stuff in my kitchen. And now I'm, you know, I've, I've actually like really made it as a, as a businesswoman, you know, and, and can really spread the word of what your passions are and what your, the meaning of your company and, and, you know, and, and really come from the heart as I know you do in what you, in what you do. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yes. And, <laughs> and it was a kind of funny awakening a couple years into it where I was like, oh, my God, yeah, I'm in business. And it's still mm-hmm. a strange thing to say. I'm a businesswoman, like, kind of first and foremost. I'm an herbalist also. Which one is first? I guess on the day-to-day, I'm more of a businesswoman than an herbalist. I right. mean, I know. And that is – it, but it's, it's great. I mean, I think we all need to occupy these positions in to create a society of beautiful change. And – yeah. Um, and we all have, you know, I really think we all have gifts and we all have missions and the human spirit wants that. We want to figure out what am I the best at, like, and just coming from your heart and doing it authentically and doing it for the greater good, I feel like you'll have a lot of momentum behind you just from that place. At least that's how yeah. it feels to me. And decision-making fatigue is a real thing and burnout is a real thing and people need to like um, definitely be aware of self-care. So that's, I learned the hard way the first couple years of just super late nights and just so much, so much of my energy, all of my energy going towards building it that was not sustainable. Um, Yeah. So how do you take care of yourself now? How do you take care of yourself now? I mean, I feel like I've heard it before, so it's stupid to say, but um, like, I block out time for things. I have to block out time in the day, or the days will all just always defer to, yes, okay, we can do that here. Yes, I'll take that call there. Oh, that's the only time they can do, okay. No, I block out right. time. Um, I take a lot of baths. I really do. I I have a dog. I have two cats, too, um, or I would say... Uh, yeah, and um, so he gets me into nature on a regular basis, which I need, crave, love, and um, and I when I'm at the end of the day, I am completely done. I do not go into business email. I I don't do anything on my phone related to business. You know, on the weekends, I don't check business email. I just don't because it can't. There's always something to respond to. There's always something of course. to do. And yeah. um, so there's a cutoff point for me. It depends on what time I start in the morning, but you know, five, six, seven in the evening is a cutoff point, and um, never working on weekends and like holding those boundaries is really important. And yeah, I also 
a lot of I do a lot of things in terms of health, you know, um, herbal tea herbs that I grow or by um, making time to get different body work when I need it. I'm getting better at that. <laughs> I'm getting better at that. <laughs> yeah. That's but, one thing um, I schedule for myself every month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. would say, though, just um, being physically out in nature and having more fun. And the most important thing is radical acceptance of the ups and downs. Like, for me, mm-hmm. I can't get attached. I equally can't get attached to the really exciting things or the really difficult you know, disappointing things. Because you could be working for a year on a deal and have it never come through and it could have taken hundreds of hours of your time. And then, or you can get these really amazing things that just come through so easily and getting equally unattached to the outcomes of either. Because if you are too attached to either one, you know, I like, I don't want to be on a roller coaster with it. Does that make sense? Totally. And I think it's so important what you're saying because I think, you know, people do, you know, I, I see a lot of entrepreneurs, they glom on to whatever the next shiny object is, right? So whether it's a new product you're launching or a piece of press that's supposed to come out or, you know, waiting for a next, their next product, you know, sample to come in or the packaging or something like that, and that they're sure that that's going to be, you know, like the next best thing and, and that they tend to lose sight of what's actually happening right now, right? So that you, it's really, you have to stay grounded and stay yeah. real with what's going on in your day to day and just not put too much, you know, pressure on yourself and, you know, um, and not really bank on what's in the future because, you know, it's like, I'm sure, you know, you've got an amazing array of, of you know, press and media on your press page on your website. Y'all should go look at it. It's very impressive. Um, that, you know, and I know when I had my handbag line, you know, I had, I've got books, you know, a foot thick of all the press that I had too. And, you know, yeah. you're like, oh, I'm in InStyle this month. Awesome. And then you're like, oh, yeah. I got one sale, right? And then the next month you're in InStyle again and you get 300 sales with a different item, you know? And so you don't, you know, people are always saying to me, oh, I'm going to be in a magazine. Should I like make 700 of these? And I'm like, well, first of all, where did you get that number? And second of all, why would you ever make a bunch of stuff for something that you don't even know is a sure thing, right? You know, and right. Um, well, I mean, I that think you... it's different in cosmetics because we do make big batches, and then I mean, we have a long shelf life. Our shelf life mm-hmm. is three point five years for everything except one product or longer. And so that is cool, and so that is a risk. But when I meet with press, which I love doing, like I was saying, it's it's so energizing and it's so great to connect with people and watch like culture change over time because five years ago meeting with them, I would have to explain over and over again um, really basic things. What's a cold-pressed oil? What's an essential oil? Why is palm a bad ingredient to use? Now everyone knows. Everyone knows right. all these things. And But I just look at it as you're, you're sending out a bunch of arrows and you don't know which ones are going to land um, it doesn't really matter. When I meet with them, I love it. It's a, um, I have great relationships that I super value, these like beautiful, amazing, creative women um, in magazines and in media and online. But then I don't think about it after that. I don't get attached ever to which ones will actually go into stories, if ever, because sometimes mm-hmm. it might be a year or a year and a half. And then yep. they'll contact you and say, hey, like I still remember, and can you – 
can I ask you some questions? I'm doing a piece on this. Or, hey, um, do you have a product that has this ingredient? Because I'm doing a piece on that. Or sometimes you'll get a lot, but I literally don't think about it again after I walk out of the meetings. Because, yep. And then when the press comes out, it's like a happy surprise. But, it, I mean, it's not fair for them to have a ton of attachment about it because they have their own, you know, pieces that they have to get approved and there's their own rules that they have to follow and their own, you know, everything. Oh they yeah. So it. many hands, um, so many hands so in the pot many. before it actually gets printed. Yeah. Yes. And so then yeah. when, if a piece comes out so often, somebody will tell me about it. Like I'll have a friend or, or a friend of the family or some like a third friend down be like, Oh, I was flying across the country and I was reading glamor. I was reading in style or I was reading W. <laughs> check it out or, or we will or Google alerts or, you know, and I subscribe to a lot of magazines because it's part of my job. But even then, like, right. I feel like I do my best to read them monthly, but it's kind of overwhelming. Um, so, I so agree. yeah, and, <laughs> and you really do see that some magazines are more geared towards shopping because there'll be a spike in sales, but it doesn't really matter because sometimes doing a trade show or press or what have you, you, it won't feel like you made any connections at the show, but then a year later, people through word of mouth will hear about the company and be like, my customer's coming in, or I saw you at another store, or actually I walked by you two years ago at that trade show and yeah. picked up a flyer, but wasn't ready then. You know, I mean, it really, you just have to trust the process to some degree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like we were saying before, every step is a baby step towards the ultimate goal of success. And all and the little eggs that you lay, you know, and leave all around are eventually going to hatch. And if they don't, then they weren't meant to be. Exactly. And don't and yeah. set yourself up for hap like a happy life, not a disappointing one. Because if you get attached to everything, you know, which is very natural to do, but it's just really hard on your body and on your psyche. So just, you know, knowing that if it's meant to be, you're going to be in a certain store. If it's meant to be in the press, it will, it's going to find its way. If it's not, yeah. then, you know, then maybe this is a learning experience and you're going to go on to do something else and you won't even know that right now you've put all the right tools in your backpack, metaphorically, yeah. your invisible backpack, to do something else. I mean, I'm still open with that with Earth's face, you know, like yeah. there might be other things after or this might have a 30, 40, 100 year trajectory. Who knows? It's kind of not up to me. It's up to the planet right now. Right. And society. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And well, Sarah, thank you yeah. so much for thank you. taking the time to chat with me. And I'm just really excited for you guys. And I, I found you guys. I read about you and Mary Claire. So oh, I was yay. like, wow, this sounds like a thank really you. cool company. I want to talk to them. And um, Thank you for, um, for this. This has been really yeah. fun. And I love your work. I love your podcast. Really, really oh, thank cool. you. I wish I had listened thank to you. them before I had a company. I told you that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you'll let me know. If you ever need any advice, just shoot me an email. Sarah, thank you oh, so I much, will. and I wish you the best of success and look forward to seeing whatever you have coming up next. Thank you. It's been great. Thanks for tuning in to A Street Smart MBA with Sarah Shaw. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes to get the latest episodes anytime, anywhere. And we'll see you on the next one.